Welcome back to Real Big Mistakes, where we reevaluate a film's critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes and determine if the movies are better or worse than their reputation suggests. I'm Jason Konigsberg of PanandSlam.com. And I am Rich Tola. And Rich, it was your pick this week, so tell us what you picked. So, for this week, I picked Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter. I thought it was called Part 4, The Final Chapter, but I don't think it is. Um, but it is the fourth movie in the series. Um, and I picked it because it is uh, October, and, uh, you know, sc- Halloween movies, scary movies. Um, so, this is one that um, I, I, I've, I've always loved the uh, Friday the 13th movies up to Jason Takes Manhattan. I don't know that I've seen any of them past that. Uh, so once New Line Cinema bought the rights, you didn't see Jason Goes to Hell or Jason X or any of those? I may have seen Jason Goes to Hell like once, like when okay. like when I was really, you know, like around the time it came out. Um, but I did not see anything past, definitely didn't see anything past that. And I didn't did see Did you see Freddy versus Jason? No. Oh, so you really haven't seen, if you may have seen, all right, so then you are correct with what you said, yeah, because you may have seen uh, the first New Line movie, Jason Goes to Hell, but then after that, uh, yeah, it sounds like you definitely, if you didn't see the most recent one, which is hard to believe, that was 12 years ago, Friday the 13th, 2009, that was the last time we had a uh, Friday the 13th movie in theaters, it's a record, because ever since then, there was always, there was a gap. Um, there, or there have been some big gaps, but nothing this long. So, wow. All right. Yeah. So you've always been a fan of this franchise. Uh, yeah, it's, it's my favorite of the, uh, you know, the, the big, you know, the big three are, are, you know, Jason, Michael and Freddie. Um, it's always been my favorite of the three. Just, I don't know why. Um, Halloween is probably a close second, but, um, you know, as a kid, I always grew up watching them, and uh, I used to have you know sleepovers, or I would go to other friends' sleepovers, and we would watch these movies. You know, we would rent like two or three of them, and and stay up all night watching these movies. Um, and yeah, so it's always been a part of you know my childhood, and and you know it's always been in the uh, you know in, in pop culture and everything. So um, yeah, I've always just. You know, these mo- these movies have always been in some part of my life, at least when I was younger. And then, you know, I kind of grew out of them, which is why I stopped watching them and, and never really continued. And now I don't really have a reason to watch them unless somebody wanted to watch them with me. I, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, not, I wouldn't not watch them, but mm-hmm. um, I just don't really have a reason to right now. Okay, well, um, I guess I agree with a lot of sentiments. You know, we talk about what certain, you know, franchises and movie series mean to us, like we did with James Bond. Uh, last week, and yes, for the record, I remember saying to you when we were going to start this podcast up in October, I was like, all horror movies in October. But then, for the first time in my lifetime, a James Bond movie came out in October, and six years in between Bond movies is the biggest gap that we've ever had, especially when it's the same Bond. I think between Dalton and Brosnan, there was six years. Uh, But this was, Mm -hmm. you know, COVID and production problems. So, uh, yeah, so that's why I'm like, all right, who knows when we're going to get another Bond movie and how much I love that franchise. So that was kind of like an event, so I chose a James Bond movie. But, yeah, I do want the rest of October uh, to be horror movies as much as uh, we possibly could. Uh, So, And I agree with you. 
that I would say of the we're both children of the '80s, I suppose, and of the three uh, horror movie, the big you know slasher franchises to come out: Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, and Nightmare on Elm Street. I am a probably the biggest fan of Friday the Thirteenth as a series. Right. There, but however, there is not one movie in the Friday the Thirteenth series, even the best Friday the Thirteenth movies, don't hold a candle to John Carpenter's Halloween. Nor are they as good as Wes Craven's original Nightmare on Elm Street, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, I, I wholeheartedly agree. the The first Halloween is is probably the best movie of the three franchises. Yep. Um, yep. I agree with e- that. Easily. Yeah. Um, it's just that you know there's such a drop off from there, but um, as a franchise is what I was saying. I agree. Yeah. I don't think honestly the only other movie that I as the critic in me would you know give a recommendation to or say is really worth watching is Halloween from 2018, the one from three years ago. So mm-hmm. and we we actually I guess we could tell the us we just saw Halloween Kills uh, mm-hmm. last night and. Rich and I were both pretty underwhelmed. I I was not that impressed with it. So, yeah, I agree. It was, uh, you know, the the first one, or not the first one, but the 2018 Halloween, um, I thought was was great and yeah. the closest to the original in terms. Of I agree. Yep, feeling and yeah, it really vibe. reinvigorated the series, and it took 40 years of bad sequels and some really bad sequels to, I guess, get you know make up for that and I, I really feel like it was a very strong movie with strong performances good camera work good mm-hmm. music um, and, and the themes of I guess feminism and trauma and uh, I thought that was that was really a, a strong movie but anyway we digress uh, yeah. so um, but yeah Friday the 13th and I think I know why maybe you and I maybe you'll agree with me why I think it's my favorite series of the three Um because I think it's it's just comfort food. They basically Halloween they tried to do stuff different. They had the Halloween movie without Jason. The Nightmare on Elm Street movies are very different uh, to varying degrees of success. Some are mm-hmm. good, some are terrible. Um, whereas Friday the Thirteenth, they basically up until I guess Jason goes to space, and even not even that, uh, they they're all kind of they made the same movie. 12 times Mm -hmm. they stuck to a formula yeah they stuck to the formula and they deviated i think it was friday the 13th part five a new beginning is where they don't have jason Uh, or it's fake jason and that but it it could have been jason you know but it was actually (laughs) you find out that it was someone else the whole time and then when you find out who it was it was just so underwhelming (laughs) uh yeah like some just a paramedic or something whose son died and he so he wanted to kill the kids that you know, killed his son or may have, but it, I don't know. But it know. doesn't even make any sense. Cause if you ever watched that movie, he kills like random strangers too. Like it wasn't even it, just yeah. the kids that, you know, it wasn't even revenge on the people that lived at the, the re- rehab place or whatever it was. Yeah, no, it's a horrible, it's, it, I, I like it for the same, in the same sense that I like all of these. There's very few in this movie that in this series that I dislike, but I realize none of them are great movies, but I guess it's the memories of seeing them young. I don't think I ever rented them or went out of my way to rent them with friends and stuff, but I do remember watching them on HBO. And I remember as a kid, actually thinking the first couple, you know, were pretty scary. So, and the first one's obviously uh, famous for not having Jason until that final scare, which is a great moment. That's a great scene. So, Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, what do you think, which one do you think you've seen the most in the series? Probably this one, actually. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Uh, this one, I, I really like six. I've seen, uh, I don't know if that's the one I've seen the most, because sometimes when they were on or they would have the marathons on TV or whatever, like we talked with the James Bond movies, I would just keep the TV on and whatever was on was on, um... I don't know. What about you? Which one do you think you've... I've seen the first one and the second one with the Jason with the sack over his head. I've seen that one a lot. So um, Yeah, I've seen... I, I would say four and six were the ones I saw the most. Um, and I, I would say five and one. One... I, actually, I think... <laughs> just worked out this way, but I think the odd number ones I've seen the least and the even number ones I've seen the most. Um, I don't, I, one, I, I don't, I have, I've only seen a handful of times and that's only because, you know, as a kids we're like, we're not renting that. Jason's not even in it. It's some stupid mom, you know, like now looking back, it's like, all right, I appreciate it more. But at the time as a kid, I'm like, I don't want to see some woman killing people. I want to see Jason <laughs> killing people. <laughs> but you don't know it's the woman really until the last 20 minutes. And then she's really just running around stalking, killing right. one person. And, so. and, and what I just said may have come off as sexist. I would, I didn't mean the woman part. It's just like some random person. I want to see Jason. You were also you know? a little kid at the time. Right. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't think you, well, whatever. Um, but, uh, I just meant, I, I want to see Jason. I don't want to see some random person. Just like same reason for five. I don't want to see some yeah. random guy that I don't even know who he is. And they're, the, the movie doesn't even know who he is really. Um, yeah, no, that was, it was just bad writing. That was, I guess their chance to do something different or that was the Friday, the 13th series doing something different, but it, it that didn't feel different. Yeah. At all. Um, as far as the first one though, I mean, I guess it's, it's interesting that it's someone else or that it's a woman or an old woman at that, that you wouldn't expect. But I also feel like her character isn't, she's a nobody. She doesn't appear in the film until the last 20 minutes. And five minutes after she appears, you realize, oh my God, this is the lady that's been killing everybody. So it wasn't like a twist in the sense that you know, right? Like she'd been. It in was the movie someone the else that time. was there all along. Yeah. yeah, you. She just she appears, and then five minutes later, you realize, oh, she's the killer, and she's just going to run around and try to kill the final girl, and you know, right? That's that. So it's just weird the way the narrative introduced her. It's eh, whatever. It's it, it's still effective. I think the first movie, you know, when I was a kid, it definitely was scary to me. Um, you know, yeah, it, it was it, good, just yeah. different. Yeah. And, and once you know, you know, when you jump into the series well after it's been established and you know, the killer in the Friday 13th movies is the guy in the hockey mask. It's a little bit of a letdown when you watch a movie that is not the guy in the hockey mask. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And that's where, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm thinking of the Halloween movies. Didn't they? They killed off Jason in the second one. I'm not sorry, Michael, Michael Myers, Myers yeah. in the second one. They killed him off in the second one, and then they were just hoping to have an anthology of movies, and that failed. People just wanted to see the same thing every time, so they brought back the Return of Michael Myers Part Four, the Revenge of Michael Myers Part Five, and then we've just gotten Michael Myers, you know, for mm -hmm. the last 40, 40 plus years, forty three years altogether. So, um, yeah. Uh, people, I guess, like the same things. I'm, I complain about how the Marvel movies are all the same thing, but I guess that's what sells, or that's what people like. And for some reason, with Friday the 13th, I appreciated the lowbrow, always the same. Do you have a least favorite film of the series? I guess our favorites, I agree, where I think our my favorites at least are four and six. I would probably put Jason Lives 
number six slightly above. Um, but do you have a least favorite of this series? Um, uh, not really. I mean, I, there's not one I hate or just wouldn't. I mean, five would probably be my least favorite. Um, it, but it does have its moments, and if it was on TV, I'd watch it. But it's just kind of weird. And yeah, I thought um, five was actually pretty good. Just the stupid reveal that makes no sense that it's not really Jason. Yeah, and I, five is the middle part of the Tommy Jarvis uh, trilogy because you got four where we meet Tommy Jarvis as a kid, Corey Feldman. Then five, he's a little more grown up, but they have flashbacks of him as a kid. And then six. He goes to Jason's grave for whatever reason and resurrects Jason. And that one, I think, is just so much fun. When else can you think? Can you think of another series where the sixth one is the best? (laughs) No. Well, there's not that many series where there are six ones, but um, definitely not in Halloween. And... Uh, probably not in F- Freddy. Uh, I don't even know what the sixth one is in that one. But... Freddy actually, I think, was the worst one with the sixth one. I think the sixth one was Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Yeah, yeah Wes Craven's yeah. new nightmare was seven. Yes, and and yeah, so I th- I think that that's the worst of the Freddy's. Halloween 6 is the is curse horrible. of Michael Myers. Horrible. Did you see the producer's cut? I did, and it makes somewhat more sense, but it it's makes still a lot bad. more sense, but yeah, it's, still it's still flawed. Bad. Yes, it's yeah. still, uh, yeah, they, I don't know. It was bad ideas that, you know, just couldn't be uh, salvaged no matter what they did to it. But I thought the producer's cut at least made more sense. It was, it was coherent. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But it did have less blood, less gore. Um, so. Yeah. I don't know. Now, did you have a favorite horror movie? Would one of these, you know, franchise movies count as your favorite horror movie? Or because we both have the same franchise, favorite horror franchise. Do you have a favorite horror movie? That's a tougher question. That is a tougher question. Um, If I had to choose a favorite, I would probably say the original Halloween. Because that's Mm. just something I can still, I still watch it every year on Halloween. Yeah, Um, I try to watch it every year as well. Yeah, I I don't, there's no other horror movie that I watch every year. um, At least not consistently. So I'd have to, I guess I'd have to say Halloween is probably my favorite Mm -hmm. horror movie. But uh, all of these I I love. Um, Again, I'm obviously putting more emphasis on one through eight. Um, even even the last one, I know it's stupid because it's called Jason Takes Manhattan and he, they're in it for five minutes at the end. Yeah, but it is really stupid. I, I still enjoyed that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say my least favorite. I mean, Jason Takes Manhattan is... And we'll get into the titles being a blatant lie because I think that's one of the worst things about the movie we're going to discuss today. <laughs> the final chapter. That's a blatant lie right there. Um, but uh, Jason Takes Manhattan is kind of an even bigger lie. Um, but I would say my least favorite favorite in this series would maybe be part seven where it's mm-hmm. like a poor man's carry yeah. uh, i don't know what they were going for but and that one also has some good it introduces kane hotter mm-hmm. as jason and he would play jason all the way up through jason x i believe so some of the worst movies but you got the best jason out of it and it does have that cool where he comes out of the water and you see his bones you see his spine in his back so there are some cool mm-hmm. you know gore makeup effects uh, for Jason in that movie, but it's just the least memorable. It's just yeah, it, it is. Know. Other than the ending, when again the last five minutes when she finally realizes she has these powers and unleashes them on Jason, that's mm-hmm. the only part of the movie I remember. I don't remember anything leading up to it. I and he has, has his a, mask off too. If then he looks actually pretty menacing, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, very. Because there's other ones where like. there's yeah, there's other ones where he looks. I don't know 
Chinese in one. There's one where he looks like a hillbilly with a beard. I don't know. They've got to love Jason. There's no consistency with, you know, what Jason's face actually looks like. But I do think part seven may have been the, at least I would like to think of as the definitive one. So Yeah, it's, and, um, I know she has a doctor in that movie that was played by the guy that played Bernie in Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize, I didn't remember that. Okay, yeah, then so. he's like trying to, I don't know, doing something bad. I don't remember. Um, yeah, you, you watch through all these movies and you do notice some familiar faces. And so, well, yeah. Kevin Bacon, of course, in the first one, uh, that may be one of the biggest faces in this. So we'll discuss some of the faces in yep. the final chapter. If I had to pick my favorite horror movie, Halloween is a great choice. I might go with Psycho. Alfred Hitchcock's original mm-hmm. Psycho. Guys, I guess if there was no Psycho, there wouldn't be Halloween. And as we know, if there wasn't Halloween, there wouldn't have been Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, or yeah. you know, slasher movies as we know them. So I think that played a big, big you know, uh, effect on movies. A highly, highly influential movie. And I'm also very partial to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining as well. Mm-hmm. It's another good one. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, all right, so um, so you mentioned his Jason's face, and so I, I, that made me think of something. But I'll wait till later in the podcast okay. when we get to that okay. scene. But all right, um, all right so Friday Thirteenth, the final chapter was it came out in nineteen eighty four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the only movie I read somewhere. Maybe it was on IMDb. Um, but that it's the only one of the Friday 13th, at least up to this point, that took place in the year that it was supposed to take place. I did um, read that on IMDb as well. Yes. Yeah, because the first one took place in 79, and we only know that because of this movie, where Pamela Voorhees' year of death was 1979. Yep. Um, and that movie came out in 1980, so that was a year off. Um the second movie came out, I believe, the next year, 80, 81. 81, I think. And yeah. it was set five years after the first one, so it was really, if the first one took place in 79. 84, then 84. so it was really 1984, yeah, yeah so. Right. Um, yeah, so this one take come, takes place in 84 and came out in 84. Um, I don't think we did any movies from 84 yet, so I, we don't have to spend too no, much time No, I don't think year, so. And this but. one also takes place, it's the first one, I think, that takes place the day after. The events of the previous. I think the movie. second one does too. Second one is also the day after. I'm sorry. No, um, the, the third one. The third one is the right after one. the second one. Okay, so we're up to five years. So then, is this actually taking place on a Friday the thirteenth? No. Ah, okay. So it's actually Saturday or Sunday the fourteenth. Yeah, 15th because I, or I think yeah, I think the second, third, and fourth are all like within like days of each other. A day apart. Okay. Yeah. So. Which right. which which is funny because in, in in reality, if there were like forty murders in a span of three days, like you'd have like the FBI, the National Guard, like yeah. not, not these local cops bumbling around delivering a, mor- a corpse to a morgue in the middle of the night with some weirdo there. And <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that's a high body count. I believe Jason has killed more than I, I think. There's I read this somewhere on the website. It's like Freddie. Jason, uh, Michael Myers, I think uh, Jason has killed the most. Well, Michael Myers definitely uh, added to his uh, kill count in this last movie. Yes, okay, I think, yes. <laughs> and also, I, uh, one of the factors may be Jason has 12 movies. Michael Myers now has 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new one, Halloween Kills, is the 12th movie. Freddy, they have 7, 8, 
I'm not sure. A remake, if you count nine, maybe. I'm not 100% yeah, sure. I'm not so, sure. Yeah. Somewhere around um, Yeah, exactly. All right. So, yeah. So, there, there's a lot of interesting things to discuss about Friday the 13th. And I've seen the... There's documentaries about it. Um, uh, what Camp Crystal Lake memories and stuff like that. And they're all interesting. And the cast and crew, they all come... The ones that aren't Kevin Bacon or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, big name people. Uh, they come back and they talk about how much fun they had making it. Or, you know, difficulties they had making it yeah mm-hmm. all right so yeah the movie came out in 84 what was the uh, best picture that year do you remember best picture of 1984 was amadeus did you ever see amadeus um i did but i don't really remember it and i like half watched it it was on a on a on a but we we took a bus to florida i was in choir my freshman year and I got, hmm. I, we were, we went down to Florida for some competition, band and choir competition. Wow. And, okay. uh, we, it was, it played either on the way there or the way back. So I remember like half watching it in a okay. bus. Yeah. <laughs> you need to give that one another watch. I can't imagine that watching that kind of movie on a bus. I mean, uh, I feel like bus movies are like Adam Sandler movies or something, you know? Yeah. I guess uh, cause of the, the, the type of trip. I, I'm imagining <laughs> that that was the mute, your music teacher, your choir, uh, instructor's favorite, uh, Probably. favorite movie so he's like all right here's the or she is here's the chance to show you guys amadeus the biopic of mozart uh it is a beautiful movie but however i would not say i of the nominees from that year the only other one i know off the top of my head that i that i think is slightly better is the killing fields did you ever see the killing fields no Oh, phenomenal movie about uh, Cambodia, the genocide in Cambodia, mm. and all the uh, people that fled and tried to survive. And it's the story of one reporter who chose to stay back and help an American reporter. And then when it was time for the... I guess it's a little like Afghanistan, what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, so maybe 10, 20 years from now, they'll make a similar movie like that. Um, this guy uh, chose to stay to help. It was Sam Waterston from Law & Order. He was mm-hmm. the American reporter. And Hang S. Nagore played Dith Prom. Uh, the Cambodian reporter uh, who chose to stay back and then when all the you know foreigners were it was time for them to leave uh, and go back to their home country he was not allowed to go and they tried to forge documents and it didn't work out and so then it's about him actually living and trying to escape the killing fields and his reporter friend trying to find him and you know get into Cambodia or get close to you know the Cambodian border and infiltrate so it's a really really remarkable movie I highly recommend it all right. Um, but other movies from 1984, (laughs) because it was a great year for movies. What do you think, uh, was probably both of our favorite movies from 1984? Um, I don't know. I don't know. There's a sequel coming out out in a couple of weeks. Oh, Ghostbusters. Yep. Ghostbusters. The original Ghostbusters was 1984. Probably one of the best movies of the 80s, one of mm-hmm. the best New York movies, one of the best comedies ever. Uh, one of the best movies ever, period, for that matter. So you got Ghostbusters. You also had, we just mentioned it, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven's mm-hmm. uh, first the first Freddy Krueger movie. Um, and then a couple other titles I thought were w- worth mentioning. Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Good for Halloween and or Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Dune, I mentioned that because the remake is coming out, I think, next week or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some other big hit movies. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop, The Terminator, the original Terminator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. The Karate Kid, which is now more culturally relevant yeah. because of Netflix's Cobra Kai. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, big movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one that I just threw in here to mention because it's you, Rich. 
Police Academy. Ah, nice. I didn't know that was 84, yeah. the first 1984 one. Was, was, and there's, was there's a bunch of other ones. I was looking up at the list. There's uh, Splash, Bachelor Party, so Tom Hanks kind of had a good year uh, for movies. Red Dawn, the first PG-13 yeah. movie, uh, came out in 1984. So, yeah, it was it was a very good year for movies overall. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's get into... Um, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Um, obviously not the final chapter. Um, and I read, I, I believe uh, it was on IMDb, that uh, at the end they originally intended to have Jason's head cut off, but they didn't want to They, they didn't want to do that in case they wanted to bring him back. Um, yes. So then why did you name the movie the final chapter if you had any intention of bringing him back? Because <laughs> money, money talks, Rich, yep. as we've known that through through any of these franchises, through Marvel, through uh, Freddy vs. Jason. The, they made the Saw movies until... The, the, the horror movies tend to do that, where they'll just keep making them until mm-hmm. they're no longer profitable. Scream did that, but now even Scream is getting, I guess, a remake or a requel. Or, yeah. That's the new word now, requel. Like Halloween 2018, it wasn't a sequel as much as it was a requel because it started a new timeline and unset everything from two through, you know. Right. It, it the, wasn't a complete reboot. Yeah. It exactly. was it, it, it still kept at least one movie in, in canon, but. Exactly. You know, yeah, but it's not a remake. Yeah, it's saying forget the other sequels. This is the new sequel. This right. is the new. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's uh, a new thing that I guess they're doing now. Yep. But. Um, all right, so um, I'll, I'll read the uh, the synopsis real quick. Um, so a carefree lakeside vacation is interrupted by the reemergence of killer Jason Voorhees, played by Ted White in this film. After he escapes from a morgue, leaving bodies in his wake, Jason travels to Camp Crystal Lake, where a group of friends is staying. The teens uh, the teens meet some locals, Tommy, played by Corey Feldman, and and Tr- his sister Trish, played by Kimberly Beck. As well as secretive hiker Rob, played by Eric Anderson. As the group of teenagers engages in drunken debauchery, great word by the way, their <laughs> numbers be- <laughs> their numbers begin to dwindle, and pieces of the past resurface. Um, so this movie uh, stars Kimberly Beck, like I said, is Trish Jarvis. Um, Corey Feldman is Tommy Jarvis, uh, Crispin Glover, very early appearance. I don't know if this was his first movie, but it was definitely one of his first. Um, and I think it was before his most famous movie, or at least for us, uh, Back to the Future. Which it was, was definitely, well, that yeah, was, definitely. Back to the Future was 85. Yeah. So yeah. that was the following. Yeah, that was, yep. yeah. So it was definitely before that. Yeah. Um, Eric Anderson plays Rob the Hiker, um, no one out. Lawrence Monison, I've seen in at least one other movie. Um, he was he plays Ted. Um, no one else really sticks out to me uh, as being anyone that's been in any movies. How about you? Not really. I mean, which is also, I guess, a good and bad thing. Because Ooh, sorry, there's one more. Who? Bruce Bruce Mailer plays Axel, the guy in the morgue. The the. I don't know if he's a doctor or what he is. Oh, that horny guy or yes. whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. He's he's pretty forgettable, I guess. But, do you know who yeah. he is though? Like, what do you know him from? Anything else? Not off the top of my head. Give me a clue. Oh. Is it something that you know I've seen? Absolutely. He is in Seinfeld. He is the rabbi that Elaine confesses to that oh. she's jealous of George. 
Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, now I see it. Because that episode is not fresh in my head, but obviously this movie is fresh in my head. Um, and I definitely see that. And you're usually the best at uh, picking up the Seinfeld, uh, if there's any Seinfeld actors in anything. Yeah. Uh, is he and, the only one? Okay. No, but apparently, um, and I, I had to look this up because I, I had heard it somewhere else, but um, the guy that drives the ambulance that... Uh, brings Jason to the hospital or to the morgue, whatever, wherever it is. Um, he was um, Enzo, the barber in the episode where Jerry needs a haircut or Jerry gets a haircut. Okay. I remember that episode and that's a great one because yeah. he wants to go to the other barber and then yep. He's, yep. Like, he's getting a haircut at his house and he has to hide. Yeah, yep. that's a, I, okay. But I would not have realized that that was, I didn't answer. realize that either, but I had heard that from somebody and I looked it up and it, it, I verified that. Um, okay, and, and the, cool. uh, the other, the other thing I know the, um, the more guy from besides playing the rabbi in Seinfeld is he is Fackler in police Academy. He's like the <laughs> bumbling idiot guy. Um, he starts the, uh, the riot by accident by throwing an apple out the window. Um, I don't know if you remember so this that is police Academy one. He's in one and he's in a couple of the sequels, not all of them. But he's okay. in he's in the I second don't one. Him in that. Okay. In the second one, maybe you remember this. In the second one, um, the the he say he 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 and his partner are sitting in a donut shop, and behind them, guys are like dumping gasoline all over the car. And then a guy comes in and is like, "Hey, man, you got a match?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And he gives the guy the match, and the guy takes the match and lights the car off fire. No. <laughs> I don't remember that. I when it comes to the police academy movies, the only one I really remember is one. Uh, I've seen up to four. I think you've seen them all, if I'm not mistaken. Um, um, yeah, I don't think I saw the Russian one, but I've seen all the other ones. Okay, Mission to Moscow or yeah. something. Yeah, um, I've, yeah I, I stopped at four, and I feel like each one kept getting worse. I do remember four had Sharon St- a very young Sharon Stone and a very young David Spade. Yes. Um, but that's I couldn't tell you anything else about four, and I could tell you I guess even less about two or three. Um, all right. So. Well, he is. Right, yeah, so he's look. one of those. He's one of the cops. Um, you okay. know, one of the horrible cops. So can you? Yeah. Can you guess the only two actors from this movie that I can name other movies with, <laughs> or anything else that they've done? Corey Feldman and Crispin Glover. You got it. Those are the only two I could really you know talk uh, to, to a certain extent about their uh, resumes. I can't really say much about. I this would be interesting though. What else have did you look up? What the other actors like kimberly beck has done I don't no know. i, I didn't look up okay. what other people have done um, yeah i couldn't tell you what they've done yeah so. nothing that i know of um kim uh cory feldman um obviously a big 80s star i think right after this movie he was in stand by me or at least mm-hmm. soon after and the goonies and yep. um you know child you know 80s child actor um got into i liked him in the drugs. lost boys yeah the lost, the lost yeah boys. the lost yeah, boys yeah yeah, I mean, I, I I like. I mean, he's in the Burbs. I mean, when we talked about yes, the Burbs, the worst part of the Burbs. Yes, we did an episode I, yeah. on the Burbs. I don't but, think it's the worst um, part, but yeah. Uh, well, he's no Bruce Dern or Rick no. Duncanum. We'll no, but that, he but he's yeah. fine. Um, he does the job, I suppose. Yeah, I think he was he was there to try to target a certain young demographic. Exactly, uh, but because uh, otherwise it was just going to be all older men, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So, um, Crispin Glover, I mean, we could talk about, I, at least I could, I, I am fascinated by him as a human being. Um, he's just a very eccentric he person, very <laughs> eccentric and very, like if you watch like interviews and, and just listening to him talk and how far out he is, 
Um, it's just crazy. Um, and uh, I, I like him in everything I've seen him in. Um, even Willard I saw, and I liked it. I, I mean, did movie, not like... Okay, I would say I liked Willard, him, but I He was like good Willard. in it, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, what, do you, what about you? Do you enjoy him in anything um, Well, let's else? see. Oh, I enjoy him, but I'm trying to think of what else... Let's, let's see if we could name what else that he's been. Obviously, he's George McFly in Back to the Future, and that's probably what I know him from the most. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in... Uh, ooh, geez, let's see... Um, Oh, the the Charlie's Angels movies? Wasn't he like a villain yep. or something yep. in that? Okay, he was in Willard. Um, he was in Beowulf. I think he was Grendel, actually. Yeah, uh, Robert one of the Zemeckis voices. Beowulf, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that was actually him, but they did, you know, technology, yeah, yeah, capture yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and that movie was really pushing the envelope for what the technology could do at that time in like 2007 or 2008 or whenever mm-hmm. it came out. Um, what else... Uh, I yeah, believe what, 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 I believe he was in the doors in a very small role yes, as he was, uh, Andy Warhol. Absolutely, yes, he was. And we talked about that when we spoke about Val Kilmer's career mm-hmm. in uh, the Island of Doctor Moreau episode. All right, so yeah, a small but memorable role in the doors. Was he in anything else? I know that I, I'm, I'm. He yeah. was one of the best parts of the movie Hot Tub Time Machine. Okay, yes, he was in that. You know With that the one arm better than I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember him in that. Um, his father is an actor, too. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Bruce. Glover, yeah, I think he father. was a Bond henchman, wasn't he? He was in Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. That's how I know him. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Winter, Mr. Kid. I forget. They were the two uh, homosexual yeah. uh, villains, which, you know. And now, nowadays, I bet you they couldn't make that movie. Well, then again, uh, uh, what's his name? Silva. Um, Javier Bardem's character was gay in yeah. Skyfall. So maybe they could, but I don't know. I know. People were complaining about that back in 1971 or whatever. So yeah, um, much yeah. different times. Uh, and he was in. He had a one memorable scene in a movie I really like. I don't think you saw it. It's a movie called Ghost World. No, with Thora Birch, Scarlett Johansson, Steve Buscemi. No. Sounds uh, like a good cast, but no, I didn't see it. Good cast, good movie, got like rave reviews, you know, it, it was an independent movie, just didn't get any award nominations or anything, but uh, that would be worth checking out. I, I have the DVD if you uh, want to borrow it or something, uh, but it's a, it's a very good, interesting, weird, quirky, coming-of-age movie um, about a high school girl and a, you know, sort of friendship or relationship she has with, you know, uh, mm-hmm. an older older man, and it's, yeah. I don't know. It's tough to describe, but it's a really, really uh, funny, dark, and you know, heartfelt movie. So, mm. Mm. all right, um, yeah. So that's that's all I have to say about the cast, unless you have anything to add. No, not really. Just like I said, those are the only two people I knew. I'm glad you enlightened me a little bit about um, some other uh, actors <laughs> and what they yeah. had done, because um, that's the problem with the Friday the Thirteenth. Usually, it's a bunch of no names. Usually, they're not the greatest actors. But then every so often you'll, you know, find a Crispin Glover and it's like, hey, I've seen that guy in other stuff. Or he would go on to great things because all these Friday the 13th movies, they were made really cheap. I mean, probably right. cheaper than the Halloween and the Nightmare on Elm Street franchises, which is ironic because they were all distributed by Paramount. But mm-hmm. Paramount gave the like each movie cost like maybe one million dollars or one point five. Maybe by the time you get to uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, I know they're all, one of the main reasons why they had to change the script around to where he's only in Manhattan for the last 
five minutes and it's actually Vancouver or a movie set most of the time yeah. is because the budget constraints. So they got, you know, Kane Hodder walking around Manhattan in his Jason outfit, but didn't do much else. Right, so, a few yeah. shots in Times Square, and then the exactly, rest is, yep, yeah, that was the, yeah. So you know he was in Manhattan, but that was, I mean, that was real quick and real because it was this, these movies were all super super low budget, but mm-hmm. they all made a huge profit. So yeah, this one, you know, this movie made if they even made ten million dollars, that was a big profit for these movies. So, um, and that's why they kept coming back for more and more. Yeah. Um. So, we, I was going to mention this before, but I haven't yet. The name Jason, and, and obviously it's your name, uh, mm-hmm. any uh, stories you have about that? Like, was that, like, anyone ever tease you about the fact that you were named after him? Or, not, not that you are named after him, but share the same yeah. name as a serial killer not or anything? Not really, except for, well, I do have a Jason chain, like an emblem that I'll wear around Halloween time. Around, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this, so, I do have that. I got that a few years ago. Um, so I embraced that. Uh, growing up, though, I don't know if people really, you know... No one made that connection? Well, one guy we worked with, uh, if you, he also would call me Prometheus every now and then, <laughs> back when we worked at the camp years ago, before he started calling me Prometheus, uh, my, my, he would, because he, this person that we worked with came up with nicknames for everybody. I believe yours was Tola Time. Yep. Okay, yeah. So everyone had some sort of nickname. Uh, My nickname, the first maybe year or two years I worked at the camp with this guy, he would go, Jason. ah, Okay, and he would like to say, that was what he would say every time he saw me with his his hands up in a creepy manner. Uh, So Prometheus was better nonetheless. Yes, much better. (laughs) All right. Um, right, Yo, Prometheus. Yeah. Um, all right, so the movie is rated 19% on Rotten Tomatoes by critics and 51% by audience. Um, big so pretty disparity. big, yeah, pretty but big that, gap yeah. there. But that's come to be expected with these movies, I think. Of course, well, yeah, any yeah. kind of horror movie or, or you know anything like that, yeah, and this this kind of a horror movie anyway. A lowbrow, yeah. yeah, slasher. This is as much as we like these movies, they aren't very imaginative. So even the, the lesser. Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street movies are they tried to be different okay you yeah know, it didn't always work or it it didn't work most of the time but they tried mm-hmm. so this they didn't try for anything they just said same formula do it 90 minutes done yep. <laughs> so um yeah so uh like I said um 51% audience score 19% uh critic score um the movie opens with a recap, which is, I don't know, five, seven minutes long. I feel um, that's customary for a lot of these Friday the 13th movies. I think, yeah, time. almost everyone had, has some kind of a yeah. recap. Um, and it also ate up a good chunk of the running time, so they had to did. stretch, even though it's only like a feeble 90 minutes or 88 minutes or whatever it is, they still needed five to, like you said, seven, eight minutes to just stretch that runtime. And then on top of it, they, once they finish that, they go straight to the cheap black credits with white on a black screen, white titles on a black screen. And that's another three or four or five minutes right there. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just the, the credits where I think like each name appears in a different corner of the screen. Yes, they <laughs> did do that in this one. And yes. it's just, you know, like you said, white, white credits on, on, with a, on a black background and which is the cheapest it, way to do it. Yeah. yeah. And it did take a good five minutes. Um, 
Yeah, so there is a good re- there is a recap, and I I do like the those recaps, and I remember liking them as a kid too, because me and my friends that I used to rent them with, we would be like, oh, that's one, that's from number two, and that's from number three, and especially mm-hmm. like I think part seven, I don't know if part eight had one, it probably did, uh, but then it's like because then you got all the films, so then it was really fun trying to figure out, trying to remember oh, which okay. movies they each kill came from, and. Um, yeah, so I did, I do always like those little recaps and I know they're just an excuse to cut into the runtime because they can't fill, you know, an hour and a half, but, um, I, I enjoy it and I always, you know, I like it and I like looking back on some of the kills from the old movies, especially now because I haven't seen those movies in, in so long. Um, you know, the, the one that stuck out to me this time is that was the wheelchair, uh, the mm-hmm. guy in the wheelchair that gets killed and then he That was he from goes, two or three. I think it was from two. Um, okay. and then he goes down the down the steps mm-hmm. three to me was the least memorable um i know the big the big thing with three was that it was in 3d but i obviously never saw it in 3d and, and you can tell how they did the 3d yes. when they're like poking like a rod into the screen it looks so bad he, he shoots and a harpoon like at the screen yeah yeah into the woman's eye or the yeah. man's eye or something yeah i feel like three was a big missed opportunity that was the chance to do something different i think the most the only good thing about three or the most influential or important thing about three is that's where Jason gets his iconic hockey mask. And right. I don't think anyone in marketing realized how iconic that hockey mask would become. No, clearly not. Um, Cause otherwise they would have had that in one or two and not the potato sack over his head. Yeah. The one bag, eye yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was, that's just, uh, you know, two is actually good, except I think that's the weakest part. Uh, the potato sack, the uh, Jason, um, I, yeah, I think two is might be one of the best ones of, of all of them, just in terms of you know film and story and and action, and I think it's just a, a solid, well made movie. Yeah. It, um, it was effective, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, no one famous directed most of these movies. I think two and three were both directed by Steve Miner, mm-hmm. and you could look up his filmography. He worked fairly steadily throughout the eighties and nineties. Um, but otherwise these guys were kind of one and done's maybe they did a short film before or something I never heard of before and would go on to do things I never heard of afterwards but mm-hmm. um, yeah so there's not uh, yeah very prestigious names attached unlike Freddie look at the names of the directors of that series besides Wes Craven you've got Rennie Harlan Stephen Hopkins who we talked about he went on to do Predator 2 mm-hmm. um, you've got Chuck Russell who did uh, three and he would go on to do the mask and eraser and a lot of other you know big uh, movies so it's just very interesting they these movies were cheap they went for cheap and they got cheap and you know that was yeah. it because um, I couldn't tell you who directed this one was it Joseph Zito? I don't know. Probably it doesn't I mean, I can, matter. I can look it up, but yeah, it doesn't matter. I believe it's it is Joseph Zito. Yes. Okay, and Tom McLaughlin did six because those are my two favorites. So I think mm-hmm. I know the directors of those movies, uh, and I knew one and two because they were the same guy, and he's the only one to sort of go on and do other things. Like yeah, he did yeah, the movie yeah. Forever Young with Jamie Lee Curtis and Mel Gibson. If you ever saw that, um, he did a couple Wonder Years episodes. I used to love the Wonder Years, uh, Fred Savage show back in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so, and yeah, Steve Miner did other things. He Oh, he did a movie called Lake Placid, which wasn't very good, but he did it. Yeah, with an, an alligator movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, oh, and he did Halloween H2O. Oh. I just remembered that. Yeah, Steve so Miner? He, Steve Miner, yeah, so he did yeah, Halloween so he, he, he went across the franchises. Yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so uh, this the movie opens up right after the previous movie ends. Jason's body is in a barn, and I, that's how the last movie ended. Uh, he had an axe to the head, uh, mm-hmm. which is what gives his uh, already iconic hockey mask that iconic slash in the uh, uh, upper uh, right-hand corner, I think it is. Yeah, but, like the um, forehead area. Yeah, yeah. forehead area. Um, and I think that stays with him for a while. Mm-hmm. Um so that was, uh, you know, that's, that's where that happened. Um, so that, you know, he's there, there's helicopter police. Like I said, if this was real life, I think there would have been a little bit more of a, uh, federal presence there, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's, you know, they, they take his body away and there's a, I think that there's a stupid line. It's like, Oh, bunch of kids this time they got him or something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, the dialogue is pretty yeah, terrible in these yeah. movies. Uh, and, Something else that we didn't mention that I'd like to throw in here now. This movie, we're talking about what makes it special to us. I think this movie is probably the most iconic uh, movie from New Jersey, which is, of course, a state that, you know, Rich and Mm -hmm. I, we reside in. Uh, I don't know if we ever said that. But, uh, yeah, as far as New Jersey goes, and the camp is up in Blairstown, New Jersey, and they do, like, Crystal Lake tours. It's I think it's a Boy Scout camp. It is a Boy Scout camp, but that was only for the first movie. I I don't think this one was filmed in New Jersey. No, no, they were all filmed somewhere else, probably somewhere out in, I don't know, either California or somewhere cheap i think uh, i think three jersey. i think two one and two were jersey and then three uh, three and four and five i think yeah. the next few were in la well for all intents and purposes okay they're taking a cruise from camp crystal lake to uh new york, new york. to manhattan yeah. which makes absolutely no sense because a lake is you didn't realize you had to be a cartographer to know this <laughs> but a lake is an enclosed body of water it's not a river uh so it can't be that far from new york wherever right. the real camp crystal lake is so for all intents and purposes i always considered you know crystal lake to be new jersey uh up there and we could go there i looked into going there it's $159 for one ticket to go there. I don't know what they give you. I know they give you food, but oh my God. Because I do love going to horror movie places. I went to uh, the hotel that inspired Stephen King to write The Shining, uh, the Stanley Hotel mm-hmm. in uh, Colorado. I went to the uh, hotel in Mount Hood, which was the outdoor part of The Shining. I did the Stephen King tour in Maine. Uh, so I do love going to horror movie p- locations, but none of them have cost $159. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> Just that's to get a bit, yeah, So that, I, I don't know what they do. I mean, it looks like they have a lot of things set up up and whatever but they better give me i don't know a lot of memorabilia or something i don't know that's yeah. a lot yeah so all right um yeah so um he's you know they they pick him up they put him in the the ambulance they take him to the hospital they take jason to the hospital and, and obviously um uh or not sorry they don't take him to the hospital they take him to a morgue um, where you meet uh, the the guy at the morgue named Axel, who, who we spoke about earlier, um, and he's like a skeezy pervert guy. Um, looks at the one of the bodies they bring in, and he, he goes, "Oh, pretty girl." And the, the ambulance driver goes, "Was," and he goes, oh, "Still is." <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And and then they show him like really like you know leering at these workout videos so it's really <laughs> yeah. 1984 <laughs> these aerobics videos where it's just like literally i don't know what that is but it's like a girl in a workout outfit just dancing around on the it's screen like women in spandex yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah, guess yeah that was a thing in the 80s i mean i remember richard simmons but uh i guess they also had like the jane fonda workouts or yeah, something yeah, I, yeah. I don't know it's 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 like that so. yeah um so yeah um 
they they bring Jason there and he uh the this guy Axel is you know trying to you know uh flirt with the nurse and um she ends up I don't know I guess they're like kissing and then um Jason's hand falls on her leg and she gets scared and, and runs off and it's, it's kind of weird she was he was like where are you going and she goes I'm going crazy that was <laughs> thought that was weird. Yeah, that was the, the <laughs> line delivery in that was really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um so then Jason ends up killing, you know, he ends up not being dead. I thought that was a cool scene. I don't know if you noticed it when they put him in the morgue in the the ice box they call it and right before the door closes, you see his breath because it's the cold air. You see his breath come up through the sheet. I did notice that actually. Yeah, that was. I, I thought, thought you were going to say when the hand comes down. I thought that was kind of you know. Yeah, well that that obviously yeah. wasn't uh, an accident, but um, yeah. uh, I thought that was a cool shot because it was like right before the door closes, you see his breath, so you, you know he's breath, so you, you know he's still alive. alive. Yeah, and how about the way he kills him with like the hacksaw? I thought that was pretty cool too, actually. Uh yeah the yeah it's like a bone saw he uh yeah. he he cuts his throat and then s- spins his neck around that was pretty right, gruesome yeah. um yeah. I don't remember how he killed the nurse I think with a pill bottle or something or like a broken pill bottle smashed or his head her head I thought but oh uh, maybe uh, yeah maybe I, yeah, that, that's the problem these movies do all kind of start to blend together or the kills even start to blend yeah together. and it, um, there was, the his was more memorable than hers um in this oh, yeah, in the beginning. Yeah. Um, then you get an intro to the Jarvis family. Um, the mom and daughter are running in the woods. Um, and I don't know, there's dialogue about their father. I guess their mother and father are divorced. Um, Mm. and then, um, then you meet, uh, Crispin Glover and the gang driving in a station wagon with that classic Mm. back seat facing the opposite direction. Yep. Um, and you know they're talking. He, he, Crispin Glover, and his friend are talking about the friend of Teddy. Uh, f- they're talking about um, how Crispin Glover broke up with a girl, and Teddy says that the the reason that they broke up and she stopped calling him was because he was a dead fuck. Um, and then you know he's all you know sad about that. Um, <laughs> but you know, funny, funny little dialogue between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they pass a, a hippie who's hitchhiking on the side of the road. Yes. Um, and she, I, what are her, I think the sign said peace in Canada. I don't know why it, it says would say peace that. or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. And then the other so, side, it of says the sign, F you. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. When, when when they when you don't when she doesn't get picked up, she flips the sign over. Um, and yeah. as they're driving by, the Teddy in the back of the car goes, "Hey, honey, you got a sister?" <laughs> and that's when she flips. <laughs> yeah. That's when she flips the sign over. Then she sits yeah. down, opens up a banana. I don't know where she got fresh fruit from because she looks like she <laughs> she'd been there for quite some for quite a few days. Um, well, maybe she had a big supply because she's that's uh, true. you know she was a big girl. So she was yeah. Um, but this was a weird scene coming up, so I, I never thought this scene was any good. But well, I don't know if it's just because like they were like, well, it's been a few minutes since someone's got killed, so we got to throw a death in there. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Um, yeah. yeah, she sits down, she starts eating a banana, she gets stabbed through the back of the neck, and, and as she's dying, she squeezes the banana. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of emphasis on the squeezed banana. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I will say that I do think they did a pretty good job when we're talking about the deaths uh, in this in this movie. Tom Savini was the makeup mm-hmm. artist, and he did the original Friday the Thirteenth as well as a lot of George Romero movies, especially Dawn of the Dead, one of my favorite movies, uh, horror or otherwise. So good makeup effects, uh, makeup artist Tom Savini. You may remember him. Did you ever see From Dusk Till Dawn? Yes, I have. He was Sex Machine in From Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, he was in the movie? He was. Yeah, he's also an actor. He was in a couple of George Romero movies. He was in Land of the Dead. Oh, and, okay. Uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead. But yeah, he's got that mustache. Uh, so mm-hmm. very dark ethnic look. He's Italian, but you know, we could, I guess could pass for uh, Hispanic uh, as well. So, uh, But yeah, just wanted to say the effects artists, the effects here are better than your average, you know... Well, speaking of the effects being better than average, uh, how about the fact that Tommy is supposedly making these masks? Tommy is the boy played by Corey Feldman, uh, making these masks that are clearly Tom Savini masks. Yep, that they're claiming expertly crafted. Yes, expertly crafted masks that they're claiming that a twelve-year-old uh, created in his bedroom. Uh, in a secluded cabin in the woods. He must have a lot of latex ro- ro- yeah. just hanging around. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. And, and uh, yeah, good imagination. So, yeah. yeah. That's um, a good point. Yeah, I thought that was funny that they're claiming that he makes these things. Um, so, anyway, um, the hitchhiking hippie is killed. Although, you know, it's just, it's a weird death, but it is. I always remember that one. I don't know why, but if you asked me about this movie and the name of the death, that would probably be the first one that comes to mind. Um, yeah, I would probably favorite, mention it, but, but it's probably because I don't like it. Yeah, I always thought that was. <laughs> what yeah, don't you I like? Think about I would remember the banana, the, <laughs> just the pointlessness. Also, like, okay, we're gonna really care that she's squeezing and ruining a banana as it's going through her. Ne- uh, I, I, even when I was younger, I was like, all right, that was bad, that was stupid. Let's move on. Next scene. Okay, then it gets better. So, yeah. <laughs> so your your grape with that one is that you didn't care that the banana fell on the ground. Nah, I just didn't <laughs> just care for the way it was shot. It just felt so useless and pointless. Like I It was, yeah. You, you get a fat actress to just die for no... I don't know. I like the... Going back to the first Friday the 13th, the first girl we meet, which mm-hmm. we I guess is kind of like a fake-out, like Janet Lee in Psycho or Drew Barrymore in Scream. We think she's going to be the main character. We spend the first 15, 10, 15 minutes with her, and then she ends up being, I think, the first victim of... Well, we know Pamela Voorhees now, but uh, so... You know, that that's another hitchhiking, you know, one from Friday the 13th that I thought was better. So maybe it makes me think yeah, of that, yeah, yeah. which I think is much better. Perhaps that's why I, I have disdain for that particular scene. Gotcha. Um, all right. So um, we move on, you know, the the the. Uh, the, all the all the younger kids get to the house and the, and the house that they're renting is right next door to the Jarvises. Um, mm-hmm. Corey Feldman uh, is thought that was a great scene where he's watching and he sees the girl getting undressed in the window across the street um, and, and he's like going nuts in his bed. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. I, I, well, as a kid, first of all, that's like you know every young boy's dream is to look out the window and see that happen. But then not before only that, the internet, especially. Well, yes. yeah, yeah, of course. And and then uh, you know to have that happen, a at all, and b when you live in a secluded cabin in the woods is like hitting the lottery. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, and the women in this movie are uh, quite attractive, more so than the previous uh, movies, I think. And I think this was the most violent. Uh, and the most, you know, the most nudity in a Friday the 13th movie at this point. Up to this point. The fifth one, Up I think, overall is, is the most um, n- most nudity for sure. And I've read most that 
uh, the director was a pornography director. From the fifth one? Yeah. I did not know that. Okay, so I don't know his name. Okay, I know yeah. Joseph Zito, and I know Tom McLaughlin, who did part six, Jason Lives. Okay, I did not know that that one had the most nudity. I think the one that, maybe double check, I think the newest one, the 2009 Friday the 13th, may have the most nudity now. Yeah, this f- part five is famous for having senseless nudity. Like, it literally has, like, it was just there. You know what I mean? Like, it had no pl- no point at all. Okay, yeah, I guess there was kind of a point to some of those. <laughs> yeah. The nude scenes in the newest one. There was definitely a couple sex scenes. Um, but then there was a, no, a nude girl uh, uh, jet skiing, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, on on Crystal Lake, uh, topless, and then she gets killed topless. Of course. Um, so yeah, and you so you get a nice boob shot there at the end when Jason kills her and pulls her up from under the water and then drops her back down. Uh, so that was really yeah. But I think that one has the most at this point. I could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um. So the one girl you said, uh, or you said that you know, the the females in this movie are attractive. Uh, Judy Aronson, we forgot to mention her. She is, she was in, um, uh, Weird Science. She was one of the the main girl. Yeah, she was one of the main girls. Her name was Hilly in that movie. Um, I think she was Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro, um, uh, not Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I think it was his girlfriend in that movie. Um, okay. Yeah, but um, well, very pretty girl, and we see an awful lot of her naked in uh, in this, this movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, in um, this movie. But she, I guess her career really peaked in 1984. Because what year was Weird Science? 85, 86. Yeah, one of one of those. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Um, I'll tell you in one second. It was okay. 85. So the next year. Yeah, so 84, 85. She had uh, two big movies. And yep. That yeah. Okay. Probably. But yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I definitely think she was very attractive. So. Um, and um, there was some. There were twins in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I don't. I don't remember the actresses' names. Um, I don't remember the actresses' names, but it's Tammy and Terry, I think, or Tracy and Terry. Yeah, in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, in this movie, yeah. Um, there's another. There's a blonde girl who's kind of like the prudish one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some forgettable guys in it. Um, the the guy that is driving the car, I think his name is Paul. He's dating uh, the the brunette, um, the Judy Aronson character, yeah. I think. Yeah, because she keeps saying his name, <laughs> Paul. Yeah. Paul. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, okay, yeah. And then the other the other guy with them uh, is again forgettable. He really doesn't until like there's like a shower scene with him. I don't think he has two lines in the movie until that point. That's right. Yeah, that was a weird scene too, and that was with the prudish girl, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then there's also Tommy Jarvis's uh, older sister. Older sister Trish. Yeah. She's the survivor girl, I guess. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's the final girl. The in final mo- girl. That's in the- most of these movies, there's a final girl, and in, in this movie, there's not only just a final girl, but a final girl, and a, and obviously, and her brother, which we'll get to. But right, um, this right. is the first one that adds like another person. Not yeah. not that not the first one that adds another person, but the first one that has a, a, a sibling. Yeah. Um. So um, where do we leave off? Uh, Corey Feldman sees them and the girl in the window getting changed. Um, you, we, you know, the next morning they're going for a walk, they're going skinny dipping all the, the gang, uh, they meet these twins that go with them, um, and, you know, they're all just kind of hanging out there, um, Tommy and his sister stumble upon them and see them, (laughs) and then, uh, 
then it cuts to uh, then they leave Tommy and his sister leave and then it cuts to him going some pack of patootsies huh <laughs> I don't know because <laughs> he I don't know what... covering his eyes yeah you know, yeah yeah so I don't know yeah. what that that actually means but I thought I always thought that line was funny um, okay. and then that then uh, the car breaks down that they're driving and then um, out of nowhere she she tells Tommy to fix it and meanwhile he has no idea. <laughs> um, uh, and hey, he this, can make masks. Maybe he can. Uh, maybe he is also skilled at auto mechanics. I guess because he does look under the hood. Um, <laughs> then that's when you meet. We meet the hiker Rob, who comes and and starts the car for them. Um, and you know he's a little mysterious. Doesn't say what he's doing there. Uh, he's just out there um, in the woods um, camping and hiking. Um, but we find more out about him later. Um, then they tell Trish that they're having a party that night. So, um, but she doesn't end up going to it. Um, but there is, I guess, somewhat of a party. Um, there's slow dancing. <laughs> um, <laughs> then there's that classic scene of Crispin Glover dancing. Your favorite. Um, I think I thought for sure that that was the reason why you picked this movie. For, uh, for I, I, I like Crispin this Glover movie dancing. in general, but <laughs> okay. him dancing just is just you know fantastic. Um, that apparently, kind of encapsulates our feelings about Crispin Glover as well, just his weirdness. <laughs> right. Apparently, the mu- music they were actually listening to was like um, uh, ACDC. AC, yeah, ACDC. Back in black. Yep. Yeah. I guess we read the same IMDb trivia page. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was, but that yeah. and that makes sense that he may be dancing the way he's dancing to that. Um, and it's funny because Kristen, my wife, uh, she watched. She 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 was in the room when I had this on. She wasn't really paying attention to it, but she did say. Yeah. Just by listening, she goes, isn't that the guy that's in uh, Back to the Future? And I said, yeah, good job. Um, So she didn't recognize his voice. And then she watches the dancing scene and she goes, is he trying to be funny? I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I thought thought that was funny. But yes, if you you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to this, at least do yourself a favor and and Google uh, or or search on YouTube for that that clip because it's definitely out there. Crispin Glover dancing, and I'm sure it'll be one of the top hits. Yeah, Crispin Glover, Friday the 13th dancing. You'll find it. Yep. You'll laugh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I noticed they were drinking original Coors at the party. You don't see that too much. Oh, yes, I noticed that as well. No, you do not. Yeah. Yeah. you know, the party, they start, you know, everyone's trying to hook up with a girl or, you know, the twins are kind of up to no good trying to steal that one guy from the girl. Um, Is it Paul? Paul, yes, Paul. I think so, yeah, everybody yeah. likes Paul. Everybody yeah. likes Paul. Um, Teddy's mad because the girl was dancing with him and then she left him for Paul. Um, and Paul's girlfriend gets mad because she he's dancing with her instead of her mm-hmm. and dancing with the twin instead of her. So she decides to go skinny dipping at night, which... The logical thing to do yes. when you're mad at your boyfriend. Yes. Absolutely. Take yeah. off all your clothes and go into a, a lake in the middle of the night. There's a random raft <laughs> floating out there that she swims to. Yeah. Um, you could tell the lake scenes in this movie are pretty brutal. Like it, You could tell that's a movie set. Um, oh yeah, the, the lake didn't go any farther all. than yeah. The lake didn't go any farther than than they needed it to. But allegedly, I did read that the director kept uh, that woman there, you know, in the freezing cold water for a long time. So I guess the water was really cold, whether yeah. it was a set or you know not. And uh, yeah, the 
the actor, the stuntman who played Jason, was like refusing to shoot anymore until she got out, and she ended up getting hypothermia. I think. Oh wow! You know, yeah, I saw that on. I guess you didn't read that on the trivia page. <laughs> okay, I get, yeah. I probably didn't, but um, <clears throat> I, I I think it's funny that the people that play Jason, you hear stories about how sincere they are in real life. <laughs> yeah, they're like the nicest people. Yeah. yeah, I've heard Kane Hodder's really nice. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, so she goes in the, in the, uh, tube and, uh, the, the raft and she's laying there and then an arrow or a knife, something comes up from underneath and kills her. Um, she, as an actress in that scene, I thought she overdid it a little bit. I, thought she I was going to say another cheesy faces. death scene. Yeah, yeah. Her face looked too comical to be yes, taken seriously. Yes, I agree. I was, bad, I, I chuckled a little bit. Bad death face. Yeah. With the tongue face. sticking out and the eyes yes. going cross-eyed or something. Yes, yes. I was like, really? That's that's the and the noises she made just weren't convincing. No, it, it was a yeah, lot of gargling and yeah, yeah. yeah it was weird. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, so that's how she dies. Um, Paul eventually comes to his senses and realizes he doesn't want to hurt her, so he decides to go in after her and goes into the lake, swims out to the raft. Immediately, did you notice how quick his reaction was? to seeing her and then freaking out. Like it was literally like his eyes peeked over the raft and was like, ah, um, yeah, you're right. There was very little like, Hmm, what's going on here? Hey, are you okay? Hey, yeah. Checking to make sure (laughs) she's dead. It's like, yeah. All of a sudden, Oh, body not moving. Ah, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and he just, you know, freaks out and, and starts swimming back to the dock. And just as he gets to the dock, Jason comes up out of nowhere and shoots him in the privates with a harpoon, um, (laughs) and, and extends, it <laughs> um launching him farther into the air um so that's the end of paul um now rob at this point is um camping in the woods uh, in a tent he hears a noise so he leaves the tent uh go, goes away from the tent a little bit looks back and sees somebody by his tent so he goes back over and uh his and when he peeks back in his tent his gun is broken and his map is crinkled. <laughs> did you notice that? I did. It's yes. like, I'm going to snap the gun and crinkle his map. <laughs> that'll, oh, that'll stop him. him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, so I guess he had a gun on him, but no more. Um, which, I mean, if Jason was that close to him, I don't know why he just didn't kill him then. Um, but, you know, I guess he had to stick around for a little while longer. Um... At this point, we're back at the party, so we're inter- interjecting between deaths and, and the party, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Crispin Glover is finally scoring with with one of the twins. Yep. Um, he um, takes her to... They go up in a room. <laughs> and classic Crispin Glover, he sits her on the bed and goes, this is a neat room. <laughs> I thought that was like, <laughs> such a great Crispin Glover line. By the way, before the twins take their clothes off again, what did you think of the costumes in this movie? Especially theirs. Well, theirs were like so... They, they almost look like like nurses scrubs. Um, they were, uh, yeah, they were with terrible. The pink and blue yeah. stripes or whatever it was, but they were huge. Yes, they looked like they, I mean, like a football player would look. Uh, they might have been baggy on. Uh, oh, that was on, that was the eighties shoulder pads. And I guess so. God, that was those really don't hold up well. No, uh, but whatever. Yeah, I I just always I always remember that. If you were to say what costumes do you remember in any Friday the Thirteenth movie? That might be the first one that comes to mind as being so bad. Yeah, and at this point, the other twin decides to leave. 
because she didn't want anything to do. I guess Teddy was the only single guy left, and she didn't want anything to do with him. His his whole his whole game is uh, bringing a teddy bear over to the girl, over to a girl, and say, "Do you want to give Teddy Bear a kiss?" And <laughs> God, that that, that yeah, that wasn't working. So uh, you know, he's he's getting all you know pissy. Um, the twins. Did you notice one of them had an accent and the other didn't? Uh, I think they're. British or something. I remember reading. But one of them yeah. was like their accents were like coming and going. Um, yeah, no, I know they're not, they're not the greatest actresses. I know no one is in this besides Crispin Glover and I guess Corey Feldman. So, right. Yeah. Uh, I know when she when she's talking to her when she's in the bedroom with Crispin Glover and the other twin says I'm gonna leave. One of them clearly has an accent and the other one clearly does not. I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I did notice an accent coming and going. For yeah. Sure. <clears throat> so she says that. Um, you know, she wants to go, so she's like, fine, go. You can, you know, I don't need you. At this point, it's raining, so she goes out into the storm to go home and on her bike, and uh, in the flash of lightning, you see her get stabbed by Jason in the shadow, with the shadow from a flash of lightning. Um, and then the next shot is her body getting, like, slammed up against the house, so you know she was definitely killed. Um then at this point, um, Tommy and um, Trisha's mom is out running. She comes in from the rain. There's no, uh, they're missing the dog. The lights aren't working in her house, so she goes outside, and then she just kind of shrieks. And I guess you just have to assume that she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um. Then you know, the, again, things are still going on. Trisha's Trisha's Trish comes home. She's you know, no one's home, so she's looking out in the woods. She finds Rob's tent, and that's when it's revealed that his sister was killed. I think she was in the second movie. I think the character he names was in the second one. Um, okay, so he's yeah. been looking for Jason because he's out to get vengeance for his sister's death. Well, according um, to the timeline, it's only been two days. So That's uh, true. It has only been two days. Yet the news, <laughs> yet he's got newspaper clippings of the events that look like they're 20 years old. <laughs> He's been in the woods for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, she finds that. That's when that, that reveal is made. Um, back at the party, um, people are just getting picked off one by one. Um, Ted uh, is uh, by himself watching this old black and white uh, porno, I guess it An is. An old porno movie, yeah. yeah or that that he finds. Movie, what they would call a porno from like 1920, yeah. whatever, a silent movie. Yeah. Yep. Dirty movie, yeah. Um, Ted comes down from uh, sleeping with the twin, where the twin confirmed that he was not a dead fuck like uh, Teddy said he was. Sorry, <laughs> Jim, Jim, not Ted. Uh, said, you know, he comes down. He's all happy. Um, he's looking for a corkscrew for the wine bottle uh, for wine. They're gonna have some wine, um, and he's like, "Ted, where's the corkscrew, Ted?" And then uh, out of nowhere, the corkscrew comes down and stabs him in the hand. And he has this horrified look. It's the same look on his face as when Biff is about to break his arm. Did you notice that? <laughs> it is. It looked, yeah, yeah. It is. It's the exact same look. It's his, like, terrified look. Yeah. Um, terrified and in pain. Um, and then he gets a machete to the face. So that's the mm-hmm. end of Crispin Glover. I was um, always sad when Crispin Glover died in this. I agree. He was taken too soon. Um, <laughs> so then um, Teddy is... Oh, the the twin then looks out the window and sees that both bikes are still there. So her sister never left. 
So she's confused about how that, what's going on there. And then Jason grabs her through the window and throws her out and on top of a car. Um, so I guess that's the end of her. Um, the couple, um, the prudish girl and the guy that has no lines up until this point, um, are in the shower together. Um, they shower and she's like, Oh, I'm in love. And you know, it's a nice little sweet, tender moment. And then, um, he is killed, um, because, uh, the lights go off while he's in the shower. To me, that's terrifying. Have you ever been in the shower when the lights have been turned off? Yeah, I have, and it can be pretty a little jarring. Yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. because you're very vulnerable at that point in time. Mm. There's a there's nowhere for you to go. You're, you don't have any clothes on, um, and you're really just at the mercy of whatever's happening outside the shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the lights go off, and then Jason pulls him through, and and I guess oh he crushes his face I think with his hands. That was pretty brutal. Yes, yes, he does. Yeah. Um, and the girl dies shortly after, you know, she comes in and, you know, she's all in love and on cloud nine, she goes into the bathroom and sees the guy dead. So then she runs away. I think the, she gets an ax through the door or to the back. Yeah. I don't remember. She's yeah, in I a think towel. To the back. Yeah. 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 She's in a towel. Yeah. Um, no, I have ax through the door. I think the ax came through the, the door, door and killed her. Yeah. Um, okay. Then, um, we're almost down to the last two people. So Teddy, uh, goes up and is like, you know, at this point he's wasted. So he goes up to the screen where they're, where he's watching that old porno and he's going to, I don't know, he starts talking to the girls in it. And then the film runs out. He looks back at the light and then gets a knife to the back of the head right through the movie screen. <laughs> yep. So he's done. Um, so I think we're down to just Trish, Rob, and uh, Tommy at this point. I think everyone else. Yeah, because Tommy's mother is dead. Even though we don't actually see that, right. they confirm it. I think in the sequel where there's a line of dialogue. That yeah, that says Jason mother. killed yeah. his mother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gordon the dog comes up and jumps through a window, and then mm-hmm. that's the last you see of him. I don't know what the point of any of that was. Um, cause he, it, it literally served no purpose and, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so Rob and Trish are, are, they tell Tommy to stay at home and they're going to go find Jason, uh, cause they know he's there. They go next door to the kid's house. They see everyone dead. Uh, Rob is killed in the basement. Very, um, uh, non heroically. And, you know, his whole character kind of just, you know, it was easily taken away, um, you know, he's easily done away with. Um, uh, so then Jason, you know, Trish runs back to her house. She tells Tommy to lock all the, lock the doors. Um, Jason throws Rob's body through windows, um, which I thought was, was cool. And then Mm -hmm. Jason kind of just bursts through the doors, which was a great, I I think one of, I, I feel like he's probably done that either before or after this movie, but I thought that was a great, you know what I'm talking about when he just like kind of like, yeah, no, I think the Jason scenes are really good. Yeah. Jason as Jason doing what Jason does in these movies, I think are really good. So yeah, he walks through the door bursts open as he walks through mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. like literally like explodes open. Um, and, um, he then throws a hammer and it, it sticks to the wall. It goes through the wall right next to Trish. Um, yep. Then there's a lot of, you know, chasing and running through the houses um, mm-hmm. eventually. And while this is happening, Tommy is 
uh, he sees the articles and, and sees a, f- a picture of uh, an artist rendering of Jason and sees that he has no hair. Um, mm-hmm. So he uh, is shaving, he's shaves his head. Uh, and there's some foreshadowing to this earlier in the movie. His mom says he really needs a haircut. Yeah. Um, yep. So he shaves his head to look like Jason. Um, as Jason is about to kill his sister, um, she, he, um, he comes down the stairs with, you know, no hair and, you know, just little scraps of hair, um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, calls, calls his name and it distracts him just enough for, uh, his sister to, um, hit, get him with the machete. Um, and I guess it knocks Jason's mask off. So what do you think of Jason without a mask in this movie? Not as good as in other movies, for sure. So, uh, but but better than some. So, so I don't know when it start. I guess it starts in. I mean, although he was, he's already superhuman, I guess at this point, because in the, in yeah. the third movie he got an axe to the head, and and he was I think he was hanged as well, and and is correct. Dead. Yeah, yeah. But oh, in um, that one, you can really tell he's not hanging. <laughs> that there's a harness on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think he, I, I don't know when he started making the transformation to being not human. Um, Cause in the first one, well, I mean, in the first one, you don't even know if that was a real scene or not, if it was a dream yeah. or, or, right. um, or if it actually did happen in the second mm-hmm. one, it's him, but he seems pretty human in the second one. Um, yes. and, and even him without the mask, he's like a hillbilly looking guy. So I was going to say he had a beard, I think. Yeah. You yeah, would, he yeah. had like hair, long hair coming down on one side of his face. So mm-hmm. you would at least, but he was deformed, but he would, you would at least believe you could at least believe in the first one. Like he's like yeah. lumbering around. Like he's not like, yeah. you know, he's not superhuman. Um, yeah. as the movies go on, he becomes and, more and more. Yeah, I guess it would be the third one when he really, they really established and he looks like a pig man or something with, uh, yeah, the third man, the third one is, that's the one I, I sent you a picture of today. Cause I said that yes. that's kind of what Anthony Michael Hall looked like in Halloween kills. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, he in that one yeah he's he's looking deformed but he still kind of is like human but he he doesn't he can't die so obviously you know there's that angle and this one he's starting to look more like not even a person um okay i guess like the maybe they're trying to show he's decaying more i don't know i don't know but by yeah. the sixth one he's like a zombie because he he actually i guess because he actually comes back from the dead they resurrect him tommy opens up the grave and it's like yeah. frankenstein the lightning strikes that metal pole through his chest and he comes back to life yeah with worms and stuff maggots all over him yeah. right so in the fifth one it's not him so i guess they do kill him in this one um so i guess it just takes the machete to the face and then he falls on it, and it slides down his body. It th- slides like through his face. Yeah, which was yeah. a pretty good um, practical effect, I thought. It was, yeah. Once again, um, Tom Savini. Yeah, good makeup artist too. Yeah, so um, I guess he dies in this one. Mm-hmm. Like, so in in a way, this was the final chapter. And mm-hmm. honestly, if Tommy and his friend didn't go back and and dig him up. He would still and be resurrect dead. him yeah. for no reason. Yes, <laughs> right. he would have still been dead. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he did. Um, so I guess he did die in this one. So maybe this is the the end. So maybe he is somewhat human still until I guess this is the last one where he's like a human being. Okay. 
Until um, Tommy brings him back. If yeah. we're if we're keeping track of these things, which we're not really, but which there, there there isn't much continuity with this series. I no. guess it's better than the Halloween one where they try to erase timelines three or four times uh, right. throughout the twelve movies. Here, I guess it's. I mean, they have the there's the Tommy Jarvis trilogy, which is right. four, five, and six, and then after that, you never hear or see Tommy Jarvis again. Or allegedly, I think from reading on IMDb trivia again, they wanted Tommy Jarvis to take the mantle, and he was going to become the new Jason, but they just couldn't get rid of Jason. Everyone loved Jason Voorhees. So. Yeah, because at the end of the fifth, they kind of leave it up to the point where it looks like. I mean, the fifth is called it the looks new like beginning. He's the killer. So. Exactly. Yeah, but then they erase all of that with the sixth one, where he's you know, Jason's enemy and trying to kill Jason, even though he inadvertently brings him back. So yeah, I guess the, uh, the, the public outcry, uh, over him, over Jason not being in the fifth one was, mm-hmm. uh, the reason for that. Cause I mean, Tommy in the, f- in between the fifth and the sixth isn't even like it, it's almost like the fifth one, the fifth one doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense. I think they tried to do that. It was, yeah. I think it was damage control the way they try to do that with certain other, like we were talking about star Wars rise of Skywalker, the way they were trying to do damage control right. where you could take the second one out. And other than just a few things, you go watch uh, one and three of the new star Wars movies and probably not miss much. Yep. Exactly. Um, so then, you know, Jason dies, he gets a machete to the head, and then Tommy kind of goes nuts on him, because I think his hand still moves or something, um, and starts stabbing him, and his sister is mm-hmm. like, oh no, like, you know, screaming. Um, right. then, uh, yeah, then it cuts to her being in the hospital, and Tommy's there, and the doctors and the cop are saying it's perfectly normal for someone to react that way, um, you know, mm-hmm. he'd been through a lot, um, so it's, it's normal, he's fine. And then it has him, um, you know, she comes over and hugs him. He comes over and hugs her. And then he just opens his eyes and looks at the camera kind of like suspiciously. Yeah, um, like like the final shot in Thriller. I think it's a kind yeah. of good, the Michael Jackson video. I think it's kind of a good final shot, though. It I is, because you don't was, know. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah. don't know if he's good or evil or what, you right. know, is killing be a Jason killer? and yeah. doing all that what that did to him uh it's certainly not a deep movie but i do think it left uh ended on a positive note i i'm a bit you know first shot and final shot stanley kubrick Mm -hmm. once said those are supposed to be the you know two most important scenes of shots of any movie and he had a good final shot in this one that always resonated or stuck with me at least Mm -hmm. um yeah so that ends the movie and you know obviously it is not the final chapter probably the next year or two the the next one came out mm-hmm. um but like you said those those subtitles are are kind of meaningless so um overall thoughts now that it's over um was this one uh, a real big mistake or do you think that it was not Well, I mean, I think nostalgia is a big factor for both of us with Mm -hmm. this movie in particular and this series. And this is, objectively speaking, one of the better acted, directed, as as much as fault as we found with the script and the acting and the directing. This is probably one of the better entries in the series, so that's maybe not saying much. But like you and I said, this is, I guess, horror movie comfort food. And I do enjoy it, and I do think it's fun, and I do think this is one of the most fun. And I, Objectively speaking, I kind of think it's the second best. Maybe I, I would only put uh, Jason Lives uh, above it 
as far as in the series. So I would go six, four, then maybe one or, you know, one of the other ones out. I, I did make a list uh, on my website mm-hmm. on panandslam.com. I know seven and nine or seven and eight were the two worst. The Jason Takes Manhattan and the one with the Carrie girl. The new blood it was called. Yeah, the new blood. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, but uh, otherwise, yeah, no. So I don't think it's a real big mistake. And the critics especially uh, one that I admire and revere very much, uh, Roger Ebert, he called this reprehensible, dead teenager movies, why do teenagers want to watch teenagers get killed, you know, and I remember they, they really lashed out on this one, as they did most of the other movies in this series. Uh, but I have seen his review on this, that's on YouTube as well, you could look that one up, and him and Siskel really tear into this movie about how morally uh, corrupt and bankrupt this movie is so yeah well you know you you gotta go into the movies with a certain expectation i mean if you're expecting to see the godfather every time you go to a movie then yeah this movie is not going to live up to that but um you know you, you know what you're getting with this you're getting a, a, a classic you know formula um you're getting a, a good you know classic killer um and in one of i think the best movies in the series um, I, I, I like this one a little bit more than part six. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why, uh, but I just, you know, I, I just like the, you know, the, the partiers living next to the family and, you know, how, you know, watching them basically get picked off one by one. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and how's it, how's it all going to happen? And, and Jason's, you know, just there, you know, doing his thing like he always does. You know, there's no backstory or anything like that it's just you know you know what you're getting and and it's 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 a, a formula that works and at this point it's still working it's not tired yet um it, it gets tired um but mm-hmm. it's not tired to yet to the point where they have to make him go to space right exactly um yeah. but this was i mean it's yeah it's a formula and and from you know to their defense i mean siskel and ebert they did like nightmare on elm street they did like halloween both much better movies, I'm sure. Right. Um, so they're not anti-horror. They're just, I, I don't know. And, and also, to their defense at this point, Jason maybe was not the iconic, you know, character that he is today, where you see merchandise, you know, for him yeah. ad nauseum. Uh, so he wasn't quite there yet. But I think, hey, you know what? Because this movie was so successful that it ended up not being the final chapter, maybe this is one of the reasons why Jason became so famous and is such a you know icon of horror movies and pop culture. Uh, so you got to give credit where credit is due. So um, I, I do think, yeah, this is not a real big mistake. I, I agree. Sure. It's not a real yeah. big mistake. I mean, and this one specifically, you know, yeah. obviously Kevin Bacon's career was launched with the first one, but you have... Well, I think Animal House, he was in that before. That was... I think, yeah, that's true. That's but true. still, yeah. it was. It ended up being a big movie in his career when he didn't think it would be. So, right. uh, yeah. Um, so, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of um, good act. I think this is one of the one better overall casts in a movie, in, in, a, in a Friday 13th movie. Um, yeah, you know, you have a, a young sure. Corey Feldman, you have a young Crispin Glover, um, you have, like, we mentioned some other characters that have been in, you know, either bit parts in movies and TV shows or, you know, have been in other movies that, that we've at least heard of and seen. Um, so I, I think, you know, solid overall cast. Um, there was still care put into these movies. The mm-hmm. special effects are point, still good. Yes, yes at this point. Yeah. Um, special effects are still good. 
and I think it's like it, it's it's kind of like you know it's it's a it's a product of 1984, and and, mm-hmm. and I mean that in a good way. Um, yeah. it, it's a good 80s you know slasher film. Um, it, it keeps the you know the the franchise going, um, and and gives you everything you want in a Friday Thirteenth movie. Like literally, absolutely, everything. it delivers the 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 violence, the nudity that are have become staples of this ever since the first film. Uh-huh. And yeah, and it does it does. Whereas the New Blood, one of my biggest problems with that one, actually going off topic a little bit here. It's called The New Blood, and I guess because the MPAA was really cracking down on it or something, there's hardly any gore in that. There's hardly any, there's a lot of kills, but, yeah. you know, you don't see anything. So, mm-hmm. uh, I remember being let down in that department by that movie. This movie does not let you down. This was, I think, the most violent and, you know, sex-filled or nudity-filled one uh, up to this point. Yep. I guess five would replace that, at least in the nudity factor, and then the remake would as well. Um, but I think it's, uh, yeah, it, it delivers what the, I'll, I'll stand by my quote of horror movie comfort food. Yep. You know, you go to Rocky, you want to see Rocky beat the bad guy. You go to a James Bond movie. And like we said, other than the Daniel Craig's, you want to see the girls, the car, the tucks, the Bond, James Bond. You want to hear that theme. The Friday the 13th have their, you know, certain, you know, checklist of items that they have to fulfill and this fulfills all of those items exceedingly well Mm -hmm. and and another thing about this movie and i'm probably part six too but not much after part six uh you eventually start rooting for jason um and i don't think you are yet here um, and I don't think you're in part six either, especially because I think part six has kids in it. And I remember like thinking like, oh, mm, see, I don't like yeah, this. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, eventually the audience started rooting for Jason, I think. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that was still wasn't the case here. So, um, again, this is probably one of the last ones, not not the last one, but one of the last ones where um, you're still, you know, rooting for the other people. Um, you know, eventually they just started and, and other other franchises did this as well. But um, they, they start making the characters so um, disgusting and yeah, unlikable, uh, unlikable yeah. that you do, you you actually want Jason to kill them. Um, yeah. Or Freddy Krueger just became yeah. funnier and funnier. Yeah, and Michael exactly. Myers. Yeah. Other than maybe if they're related to Laurie Strode somehow. Uh, yeah. Michael Myers, you want him to, you know, kill at least a few people right. and then you know you have that core small group of characters of the family you know that you, you want to survive but yep. yeah that that does come that doesn't happen yet but that will happen somewhere mm-hmm. maybe around six or seven yep. or maybe after that i don't know yeah certainly by jason takes manhattan i remember all those characters being pretty despicable yes on and, and you wanting yeah. jason to just pick them off um yeah the, the principal was awful everyone yeah, was, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah yeah that was a really bad acting as well yep. um so yeah that that's 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 maybe the best example of that, or the that's for sure when Jason was you know the the the, the audience was behind Jason to a certain extent, right? So, all right, well that does it for Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, the final chapter. Um, we, again, agree. we agree, we right. agree. This yeah, is right. not a real big mistake. No. Um, it's it's if if you catch it on in the last few weeks of October or before Halloween or or any time really but uh, or on a Friday 13th I don't know if they still do but when I was little and it was a Friday 13th 
They used yeah. to have marathons on TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they would do it on HBO sometimes, but then they would do... I don't know, it's so different now with streaming, and yeah. I don't have cable anymore, for one. That's true. Uh, but I'm sure, like, on AMC, I know they would do it, or, you know, like like we talked about the James Bond marathon. So, yeah, I would put it on maybe AMC and just catch pieces of four or five or six and seven and whatever, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it didn't matter. These are, right. this, this is like a baseball game in July. You could have <laughs> it on in the background, you know, it's not the world series. It's not the division game. It's, you know, it's not playoffs, but it's, you know, it's something you could have on in the background while you're doing something else. It's just, uh, they're killing people instead of uh, running around bases yep. and uh, something like that. But that's kind of the kind of movie it is. They, like you said, they don't all need to be the gods father or mm-hmm. even as good as halloween or nightmare on elm street so right so mm-hmm. all right that's it so um next week next week, talk about i'm next gonna week. continue i'm gonna continue with the horror theme and i mentioned this director today i was very compl- i was really deciding between three movies hopefully i'll get to do uh the others at another point but i'm gonna pick one that you can stream easily it's on hbo max um, and it's one of the more underrated horror movies I've ever seen from one of my favorite directors who's a very underrated director. So I'll have a lot to say next week about this particular director, but hopefully you'll like this movie and uh, hopefully uh, listeners can watch it uh, on HBO Max before they tune into our next episode next week. We're going to do George A. Romero's Monkey Shines. All right, I never even heard of it. So <laughs> okay, it's it's a very unique. I think it's Monkey Shines like the subtitle underneath, an experiment in fear. It's a oh, very boy. very unique uh, horror movie. Um, I like it. It's considered rotten, like a lot of horror movies that, and unlike some other ones, it I guess doesn't have because it's not a George Romero zombie movie. It doesn't have the you know same. Uh, respect uh, mm-hmm. of his other films well, i actually think for the most part other than a few of his movies i think he's a tremendous director so we'll we'll get to talk about that movie uh and, and his career a little more in depth next week all right very good all right so monkey shines next week um and uh yeah it's you said it's on hbo max it is on HBO Max. You catch it on HBO. It's it's a little long for a horror movie. It's a good solid two hours. So okay. uh, it's not you know the the simple formula. It's not a slasher movie. Okay, it's uh-huh. you know it's about a monkey and the guy and it's as and you said the fact that you know nothing about it and have never seen it uh, makes me want to say less. Just George Romero, Monkey Shines see it and uh yeah and then we'll decide you can decide uh if it's a real big mistake or not all right very good all right so that does it for this episode um again my name is rich tola um you can find us on oh we're back on twitter at real big mistake no s Mm -hmm. um because i had to change it uh at real big mistake um and on instagram as well um at real big mistakes with the s so one without one with but you could find us easily all right and i'm jason konigsberg you could find all my articles i've written about monkey shines uh an article about underrated horror movies um and i've written an extent where an article where i rank all of the friday the 13th all 12 of them so you could check that out on www.panandslam.com follow me on twitter jason k critic uh live long prosper and watch movies All right, thanks for hanging with us.